I love acupuncture for its own sake. It's very powerful. I think that what I find the most healing is giving the person the power back, you know, instead of taking it away, that they can do a lot themselves. Aloha from the Ohana Green Witches. You're listening to the Herbal Journey Podcast with the Ohana Green Witches. I'm your host, Karen Gipple, along with my co-hosts and sisters, Caroline and Christina, here to take you on an herbal journey. We are sharing relatable stories and knowledge from holistic healers who ditched the conventional lifestyle and purposely found health in the alternative. As for us, our herbal journey began with our own healing of our body, mind, and spirit, which we found through herbalism and nature's wisdom. And that's where it all began. Join us as we travel the U.S. in our RV, visiting different organic farms and holistic businesses bringing you insights into the most effective holistic therapy practices to reconnect us to nature and awaken our own healing magic, helping assist you in remembering your own beautiful, natural wisdom through the guidance and whispers of our plant allies. Where will your herbal journey begin? This month's episode is brought to you by the Lotus Clinic Hawaii. Tailoring treatments to your individual needs is their primary goal, they will rebuild your balance together to maximize your health and well-being. And by Ohana Green Witches, where healing is found in reconnecting to the inherent wisdom of nature within us all. Follow our Herbal Journey vlog by subscribing to our YouTube channel at Ohana Green Witches to see healing sessions and videos from our travels. Aloha! Today's episode features guest speaker and my really good friend, Nina Koffer. Fun fact... I met Nina when I first moved to Oahu and actually ended up living in her super cute cabin in her backyard. She was one of my very first friends on the island, and she has been a wonderful and supportive friend and healer on my own personal herbal journey from cystic fibrosis exasperations. Nina is the co-founder and co-owner of the Lotus Clinic Hawaii on the windward side of Oahu in Kailua, Hawaii. She specializes in acupuncture and Chinese herbology. She's originally from Spain, but came to the U.S. to become a licensed acupuncturist and graduated from the Maui Amera Asian Institute in 1986. She has done acupuncture trainings in Spain, Beijing, China, and finally settling in to begin her practice on the Big Island of Hawaii. She currently practices out of her clinic on Oahu, and she is a member of the National Commission for the Certification of Acupuncturists and Oriental Medicine. And her philosophy to healing is tailoring treatments to your individual need, rebuilding your balance together to maximize your health and well-being. In today's interview, we will be discussing the healing modality of acupuncture, its benefits, processes, and how it works within the body. Along with personal healing stories from Nina and some of her clients' stories she has witnessed on her journey as a healer. You are so going to love Nina's wisdom. We have Nina Kopfer with us, my very good friend from Oahu, and we are going to discuss a little bit about her story, healing, acupuncture, and looking forward to hearing all your beautiful wisdom. Oh, thank you, Karen. Well, um, I don't know how much you're um, wanting to know about acupuncture itself, and you probably know that it's a Chinese healing art. Uh, it's about, well, over 2,000 years old, for sure. Uh, there's actually recordings of written texts that date to 240 before Christ. So it's a very old system that was, you know, passed on 
orally and then eventually was written down in, in the book that we still have, which was a dialogue between the emperor and his, his assistant, which was actually the physician. And so the physician sort of answered the questions of the emperor. It was, it's actually a very current piece of uh, literature that we still study to this day. It has a lot of wisdom in it. So yeah, it was practiced in China mostly, uh, well, exclusively until you know recently uh, when allopathic medicine sort of came into China and then gets practiced tandem. They, there's actually hospitals that only do traditional Chinese medicine and herbs, and uh, there are allopathic hospitals that do pharmacological um, remedies and surgeries and things. But they do work very well together. In a society that, you know, that especially the elderly love their old medicine and then the younger generation likes the more allopathic model. Yeah, so just to kind of put it in a nutshell, what it is, acupuncture itself is only a branch of Chinese medicine. And what it does is open the flow in a series of meridians, which are like pathways that are distributed kind of parallel to the other pathways, which are the neurological, vascular, lymphatics, and they all kind of run side by side. They're set up to repair the body. And so these, uh, these meridians, according to Chinese medicine, they get blocked, which then result in accumulations or not a very efficient way of healing because they're like roadways. So of course, if the roadway is blocked, then the chi doesn't get to repair. And therefore, you know, subsequent blood stagnation or nerve accumulations of, you know, inflammation in the nerves, or it's one more system of clearing to maximize health and healing. The Chinese system actually hasn't changed that much. You know, the, it includes a whole theory behind it of harmonizing the body. And so you eat accordingly, you live life accordingly. It, it's all sort of geared towards a balanced state of being. You can do a lot. I mean, as we know, holistically, you can do a lot for maximizing your health. And so they give you a, this traditional Chinese medicine, other medicines too. I mean, Ayurvedic medicine, there's the Japanese models. They're, they're all have a little variations, but um, the whole point at the end is to balance and, and use it as sort of maps to know how to best balance. And, and so the primary energies people have probably heard is yin and yang. Those are the big two factors that you want to always interplay to kind of bring into balance. But then you, you can get more specific into a five element theory which, you know, then encompasses organs and meridians in them, and then the foods and colors and emotions. And, and so the, the whole process is to identify where the problem lies. You know, it could be in the meridian system, or it could be in the organ system, or it could be an emotional blockage that is, you know, sort of in, spilling over in, into the rest. And then if you can identify and clear it, then you're in the, you know, you're a good practitioner and you're able to heal, heal with ease. And at times it takes a little while, but, you know, it's, a, it's definitely a very gentle way of approaching health and healing. Explain a little bit how it works. Can you kind of go through like maybe like the process? Sure, sure. So I would, well, initially, you know, you sort of, of course, get the main complaint, <laughs> why the per person is stepping into your clinic. And so, you know, if it's usually in the West, it's more pain. 
you know, that's sort of the number one sort of incentive. But, you know, it could be many things, you know, people also come for balancing or stress, you know, or digestive. I mean, there's all-encompassing medicine, so you can, from fertility to, uh, you know, yeah, um, you know, a tennis elbow, <laughs> you can have it all, right? <laughs> and so then once you key into the, the problem, which, you know, as I said, usually is pain. So, of course, you will try to address that because that's what, you know, it's driving them there. But then you always do sort of a diagnostic of the deeper roots of what is underlying that patient. And so that for that, you will use uh, pulse, tongue, and questioning the patient, you know, but also looking at the patient can tell you a lot, you know, their color, their smell, you know, or their how they appear, you know, if they're more rambunctious or they're sort of uh, weak, they, the way they present. The tongue gives you a real good roadmap of what's going on inside, especially digestively, because it's the end part of the digestion. So it's an easy one. And the pulse as well, it gives you, you know, the real, because some people are apparently loud and but then you take the pulse tongue and, and if that's congruent, you actually want to override the rambunctiousness of, of their appearance because it's a, a lot of times people compensate. So yeah, you, you go more. And then of course, when you make a kind of a diagnostic picture of the patient and so you want to treat the root as well as a branch, you know, so the root will be the underlying constitutional problem. And because without treating that somewhat, you don't get the results in the branch, you know, like that tennis elbow is not really going to get cleared if you don't address, let's say, a liver deficiency or something, because that's how the meridian system works. A lot of times the problem in the elbow, let's say, will be caused by a, an underlying weakness in the meridian from, let's say, you know, chronic constipation, or you probably know the meridians run from the fingers and toes up the, the body and end uh, around the face, a lot of them, or the other way around. They, they start in the face and retroauricular and then goes down and end in the feet. They, they have a flow that is maximizing your, you know, sort of roadways. So there's never a stop. They go from one to the other. And, and so you can spill from one to the other uh, as far as correction goes. So if you have, let's say, a problem in the lung, you will uh, use a connecting point, which we call Lua point, to connect to the large intestine and spill you know, that excess uh, into that meridian and then maximize how you physically get rid of that phlegm. Same with the stomachs. And they all kind of have a paired yin and yang paired organ that you can actually really utilize for correction. So yeah, then I would make a diagnostic sort of picture and I would uh, treat the person. I usually do 20 minutes in the clinic, uh, but you know, they recommend 20 to 30 minute uh, needle insertion, unless you're doing more of a analgesic, you're looking for that, which is also used. And then you, you leave the needles in for 45 minutes and then you get more like a numbing effect. And then I will take out the needles. You can use several other modalities to enhance the treatment. You can use cupping or you can use um, electrical stimulation, which the Chinese love. They love that, you know, enhancing the power of the needles. And so if a person is very, you know, strong and has a very heavy pain, I will use it too. But I, I love acupuncture for its own sake. It's very powerful 
um, on its own. I think it doesn't need much, you know, much extra. <laughs> and also the body, you know, people will repair as, as they need, you know, like you can't just fix everything in, in one you know, like life, right? Life doesn't work like that either. So it's yeah. not a, a one, a yeah. one time thing. No. <laughs> yeah, you go, don't go to the gym once, right? <laughs> uh, no, no, it's an ongoing. Yeah. Treat the whole body. Yeah. Process. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I've had the cupping before, and that's very interesting process as well. Yes. Cupping is lovely. It's actually the purpose of the cupping is to actually draw from the depths of the body to the surface. So, you know, if you have a stagnation, let's say in your lungs, it draws it out. And once in the more surface of the body, it's easier to get rid of. Uh, Same with pain in general. If it's deep, the deeper you go, the harder it is to clear. And so you want to get it out into the surface. Then the body has a lot of mechanisms to get rid of it. And so that's why the Chinese don't believe in applying ice. They believe ice will drive things deeper into the body and make it stuck, you know, like stagnate and make blood sort of, yeah, and chi stagnate. And so then we have to go in and create all this heat and move and scrape and and cup and to bring it to the surface so the body it has an easier time. But it's a nice feeling. Yeah, it, it sounds like it would be painful, but it's actually really nice feeling to get cupped, especially if you need it. Yeah, I found it very relaxing still. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's very interesting. And it, what I really love is it actually creates those beautiful colors <laughs> on your back in the circles. I mean, yeah. it's just like, wow. <laughs> Spectacular. <laughs> Right? You're like, oh, what? something's working there. Something with all the different colors. Yeah. yeah. You spoke about the, about using the needles for how long, but like, is there a difference between like the size of needle? I've noticed like when, when I do a treatment with you, you use small ones or there's like a variety of sizes. Does that sound something different? Yes. I, I have my standard needle and I like the longer ones because um, I like visually and I also like flexibility. So if a person is a little bit bigger, you know, you need a little longer needle to get to the chi because you need to arrive to the chi. The chi is, you, know, you just don't put the needle and that's it. You have to kind of fish for that chi reaction, which is a dull, aching response of the body. Okay, we got it. You you know, you're activating this point. Yeah, the chi has arrived. It's called the chi in Chinese. And so, so yeah, you need to kind of fish for it a bit. So the longer needle is, is more handy. But then, of course, in the face or in, in places where there is a lot, you know, the lungs are closed, you don't want to use the long needles. You want to use the shorter needle just for safety. And so, or a thin, very thin person or a child, you know, you don't need, I don't need to use those bigger needles. But yeah, I pretty much vary. I mean, of course, then the, there's points that require really long needles, like three inch or longer, because you, you need to go like in the hip area is the point for the sciatic, for example, is a very deep, deep point. And so you need to get to it if you want to get some relief, some sciatic relief, you need to release that point. So for that, you need that longer needle, but normally you don't go deeper than an inch, you know, roughly. Yeah. I mean, there's different points in the face. Of course, you're not going to go an inch, but you know what I mean? In the, in the face, I use a very thin needle and 
And I do facial even like, you know, for cosmetic reasons. And that one requires a lot. I mean, I'm up in the upwards of like 50 needles in the face. So they're tiny. And so I have the three sizes for the face, you know, the regular, then the smaller one, and then the tiny micro needle I use with the forceps. I put like so many in the wrinkles of themselves. And so, you know, there's a lot of variety. That's the beauty with this medicine. You know, if, if any of your listeners are thinking about it, it's actually very versatile because you can get to be a practitioner. I mean, the studies alone are very interesting. You know, you get to know a lot about medicine and, and healing, but then you can become like an herbalist and you can become a Qigong practitioner. And yeah, and it could be, there's variety to it. And so I, I just think it's a nice option if people are thinking of the healing arts and you can practice then, you know, I had, I had friends that did the calligraphy as that's, that was their um, expertise, you know, it's definitely worth considering. And now, you know, slowly medicine standard medicine, allopathic model is valuing it. And so slowly getting into the, well, the Medicare system just approved acupuncture for pain, low back pain in particular. So we are able to take people in Medicare. And so, you know, slowly it's getting into medical model, the standard in hospitals and everything. You know, it, it, it's a nice choice if people are interested. Yeah, I wish more alternative medicine will come into it will. It will come in. Yeah, you know, even here in Oahu, in the Queens, which is the biggest hospital, they have healing touch. It's one of the modalities they offer. They offer acupuncture. They offer Reiki, I believe, medical massage. There's definitely a lot of alternative. And people are asking, so they want to offer it. They want people happy. That's fabulous. I, I like that. You were talking a little bit about how actually great for prevention. Uh, I, that's actually how it works best. I, that's how it was designed is for prevention purposes. So in the old China, you had the practitioner come through your village. So they came to you and then you paid him as you were healthy. Right. And then when you got sick, you stop paying him. He's not doing or her because they're not doing their job. So it's the complete opposite model than we are doing in our society, which we sort of, we prize the doctor for being sick, right? It's like, oh, I don't feel, which makes no sense because that's when you can't pay. That's when you are not able to work and you can't pay. So it's a little askewed, the system we have currently, but the beauty of the doctor being sort of portable and he could get to your house and then you see, for example, oh my God, there's no good ventilation or, you know, this mold is growing in your house and you need to kind of, or, oh my God, you, you're eating, preparing food the wrong way. Or So it's a lot more to have a doctor like that, you know, sort of come through and then intermingle with the family and see also dynamics. And because, you know, when you take it out of context, a lot of times you don't understand why a person is sick. And then so you, you try to keep the patient healthy. Of course, if a person comes with a condition, then you want to, then you get very aggressive with herbs in Chinese medicine. That is the substantial change. You know, you, you acupuncture itself is just opening the roadways, right? So it doesn't, it can only do so much, right? It will enhance your health, but if you're very deficient or if you have something missing, or then you need a little more um, help. And the herbs are very complex, very, you'd study herbs, I know. So you will come to the Chinese and you'll see how complex that system is because he always wants to take care 
that it's, you know, abused, you know. Yes, totally different verbal field there. Yeah, the Western model, right? It's a very different, again, it's, it's wanting to always take care of the root and make sure that you're digesting those herbs. There's always harmonizers in the herb formulas. And, and so there's the emperor, the minister, you know, there, there's so many herbs in each formula and each one has a function. And so there's herbs that help you move the function to one area of the body or another. So it, it gets kind of complex. Um, you can mix formulas together. I mean, it's, it has, or you can take a formula and add. So the formulas that are in place right now, you know, after so long, are fabulous. Seriously, are so well formulated. They're like foolproof. So it's good to leave them alone and just maybe add a bit because they're, you know, they're just jewels, actually. They're like seriously jewels of formulas. Uh, I had remembered my question. I wanted to know what you in particularly find most healing about acupuncture from your personal experience? Oh, that's a nice question. I like that. I think that what I find the most healing is giving the person the power back, you know, instead of taking it away, that they can do a lot themselves. That, I think, is very empowering. And um, Chinese medicine has a nice backdrop to explain how, you know, like, for example, that emotion is a very important part of it to clear emotional blockages are like primary because they say emotion is number one cause of disease versus other any other cause even accidents or emotion is definitely where you want to start and then so I think you know to for the person to realize that you know that they have a lot more power than not by um, by starting with themselves and you don't have to be just at the mercy of somebody else and and it's a gentle way you know acupuncture uh, it's just even though it sounds intense because it's you're dealing with needles, the needles really don't hurt. They're so tiny. It actually is so relaxing. So I don't know, there's a, something you feel while you have the treatment that is like a, a state of internal peace. And, and you feel when you're in touch with that, it's a different, you know, you have a different reference about your body instead of the stress that a lot of people, especially lately, I feel. So I think that's very powerful too. To, to have that new normal and you can go, oh, I can feel like that on my own without a drug. <laughs> awesome. I got to say it is for the first time when I tried it, I was like, what am I putting needles in me? This right? I'm afraid of these things. <laughs> but when I tried it, it, like you said, it's just, you don't even know you're getting, you know, stuck with them. And then it's just like an uplifting uh, feeling that you're just so relaxed and just amazing. Yes, I agree. I tell people it feels like this internal breeze that is just right. Like, oh, I wish it would just stay like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the feeling is so relaxing. And oh, I'm so glad that you, you know, it's not for everyone, right? Like anything, right? It's not for everyone. And some people may not like it, but it's definitely worth trying just for the experience even yeah i agree i loved it also now i don't know what was first but i thought said there was a acupressure and then before that there was like where they worked with the belly but it was one of the first acupuncture things and then uh shiatsu and then acupuncture am i correct what's the difference between those yes Oh, yeah, that would be great. Sure, uh, totally. So shiatsu is, is a Japanese system and they use, they definitely use the meridians as well. Uh, Japanese acupuncture versus ch uh, Chinese acupuncture and Korean acupuncture. So those are the three main 
ones that I am aware of, you know, those are the three countries that developed as offshoots, uh, as I was explained, it is initiated in China. And then the Japanese loved it. I mean, they actually um, use it a lot as well with Kampo, which is their herbal tradition, which is very much like acupuncture, the, sorry, the Chinese medicine, the herbs. And then the, the Koreans um, also have an offshoot of acupuncture. So the acupressure is using the meridian system in a more basic format. So you just use the, the primary master points mostly, right? And so they're powerful on their own. There's a handful of them. Well, not a handful. There's about maybe two dozen of them that are really powerful. And so I find myself using those over and over because they are that powerful. And so in, in Shiatsu, you use a lot of those as well. And, but then, of course, you use, you know, you stretch the body at the same time. So it's quite powerful, Shiatsu. In acupressure, which is the, the Chinese version, they also use the acupuncture points. And um, they, I, as I understand it, they use more the back shoe points versus like in the shiatsu i mean they use they treat the whole body but they do a lot more manipulation than the acupressure the chinese acupressure the chinese also have tuina which is a massage type modality in which you sort of uh, pull and push i don't i've learned it i don't do it a lot in my practice because it's kind of rough so you grab like the, the spine with a with a sheet and you pull it, pull the person. Feels actually quite good, but it's kind of rough for our Western standards. So I don't use it a lot. And then you you sort of shake and pound. <laughs> Very effective, but <laughs> it's a little rough. And so, but there's practitioners that just use that, you know, as I was telling Karen. So, and you question about the belly button to answer that one. Yeah, it's a point, actually, it's a point on the REN channel, it's um, CV8, and you actually don't needle the belly button, but it is very important, as that's the navel, right? So there is a technique they use in China in which you fill it with sea salt, and then you moxa it, and it brings the yang back. So it's one of the very few, very dramatic actions to bring the yang back, you know, yin and yang, that. So yeah, you... It gets really hot and you get kind of heated. It's lovely uh, treatment. <laughs> I don't use it a lot because um, the Westerners, you tend to be more young. The Chinese tend to be or wear more yin. So they, you know, cold and deficient. They were not as nourished as we are or excess nourished as we are. <laughs> so they tend to be more yin. So that's a nice technique if you're very, you know, weak and deficient. There's other methods to treat points, but that's a, a very simple, nice one. There's, there's other ways you can use aconite or ginger and put the slice on the belly button and then youngenize that point as well like that. You can put moxa on top of the ginger and ignite it. And so, yeah, it's, it's fun. You know, that's the beauty with this therapy is every practitioner is going to, you know, prefer doing it one way or another. As far okay. as I know it, so yang is like your masculine energy, correct? Yeah. So yeah. Yin is your, your feminine energy? Feminine. So the yin, the principle of yin and yang are, are opposites, but complementary, right? So every each one includes the other. As, uh, if not, they wouldn't be able to exist. So like extreme yang turns in, into yin. 
So cold is yin, uh, hot is yang, dark is yin, light is yang. So if you see in, in the in nature, it's, you can observe that interaction. That one leads to the other. And in a, in a person too, I mean, extreme yang will then result in yin, like collapse. You know, if you're like hyperactive and, and you'll get a stroke. So the idea is to always have a balance of the two. That's always, if nothing else, that's what you do. You, you, you can get very simplistic with this medicine or very complicated because then you can actually go into the interactions of the elements and, you know, and sort of get complex that way. And it works either way. It's, it depends on your temperament, how you want to treat. Yeah, we, I was learning a little bit of that in my neurosomatic flow class. So very interesting. See how it's all, they, they touch on all these things. It's very interesting, this old medicine. And it's the, like, they have observed that already. And then they may have not gone deeper into it, like, you know, with your neurosomatics, but you can see that they, oh, they, are, they recognized it, right? And so they, <laughs> it's fascinating. It's an, I mean, it's really old, really. So there was a lot of time for it to evolve. Oh, beautiful. beautiful. What is your favorite thing about acupuncturist? So being an acupuncturist, oh, by far that I can help people. That makes my life. Oh, I love that part. Yeah, I, in any way I can. Uh, the beauty, you know, so with my practice, I always say uh, people that like my style and me and, and acupuncture come, keep on coming. And the ones that don't stop coming, which is lovely because I always have a smiley face, you know, patient after patient. It's just the best. Yeah, it's a nice way to give options for your health and healing. And so that's very rewarding. Yeah, that's lovely. I, I can, I notice that in every appointment I have with you, it's just, <laughs> my favorite is, oh, when you do those lung points on my back. Oh, yes. Like, oh, the best. <laughs> your body goes, oh, yes, we were waking. <laughs> awaken, awaken. Yeah. Did you guys talk about when you use mugwort? Oh, no, we have Mok Sebastian. Is that more, is that Chinese? Yes. I got that the last time I did it. I've always been interested because I love mugwort. A Chintia who worked with you, she says she likes it better than cupping. I yes. Think. Tell us a little bit about that because I would love to know why, why she liked it better than that and more about it because I love it. It's nice. The heat in general is so welcoming to the body. I mean, the, the heat relaxes and sort of comforts, right? And so mugwort is definitely used to enhance that needling. I mean, you use mugwort in many different ways, but there, in like in China, there's a whole wards just dedicated to Mok Sebastian. They do it on the needles. You know, you can pack. Uh, we don't do that in our clinic. This is a little bit of a hazard to pack the mugwort and ignite it. I mean, you know, parts can fly and we, we don't do that very much in this, in our setting, but in China they do. And so, and it's actually an amazing feeling to get that needle that you have in the right spot, hot with mugwort. It's an amazing experience actually. But you can also do on the, on the body, you do these little, that's more of a Japanese way, little rice size moxa cones and can burn those on the body to have sort of a similar effect to needling. So you can do that on the elderly, especially because it brings kind of, it's young, right? Uh, moxa is more young. It's a more of young treatment. And so you're bringing 
you're bringing sort of an external addition to a person that's weak. You don't want to do a lot of moxon on a person that has a lot of inflammation or is in excess because you get it, get that person hotter. So like your case, you know, you probably needed that warmth and that there was probably a weakness in that moment that you really felt the compensation for. And then the, I use the, the moxa in general for sort of the areas in the low back where I know it's usually weak, while the cupping is more for when things are really deep and stuck. So then if you want to bring it out to the surface, then you cup. Because that's going to suck it up to the surface and then it's easy to get rid of. Well, the moxa, you're kind of adding heat. You're kind of enhancing a deficiency within. So it depends on the patient. You use one technique or the, or the other. Cupping is, is, and scraping is another technique in which you scrape the skin until it gets red and, and flushed. That's another technique to get things to the surface. Yeah, I remember my in massage school, my shiatsu teacher used to say, yeah, if you have a child where you can take like a spoon yep, and yeah. like go down the two sides of the mm-hmm. spine and it relaxes. If you start that when they're young, they it helps Correct. them to sleep and everything. Yeah, yeah. You use the other side, you know, the one that you're actually putting stuff in and go down it. But not like hard, just soft. The loveliest spoon is actually those ceramic spoons, the Chinese ceramic spoons. Those, oh. yeah, those are lovely because they're rounded. So you don't, it's not harsh on the skin. Yeah. A little bit more smooth. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for bringing that up. Children actually react amazing to acupuncture. Very, I've seen one of the most amazing recoveries I actually saw in a child right in front of my eyes. It was almost spooky. The, the child had you know, an allergic reaction and it was, I mean, it was covered in these sort of uh, welts. And I put just four needles, actually, only. It was a six-year-old. And the child not only fell asleep right there and then, it was really restless before. And uh, sort of, well, not sleep, but he kind of calmed down. And then the wells started all disappearing in front of our eyes. It was really impressive. (laughs) Yeah, because children are young, right? So it's easier to move the energy than older people are more yin Mm -hmm. and it's harder to move the chi. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. herbs is like that too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a person that's going to take longer to heal than a person that's young. And a a child can actually recognize if you use something on them, Yeah, they will remember that scent. And they'll be like, oh yeah, keep going back to it for that healing. Yeah, definitely. It's really, really cool. Yeah, Yeah. we just need to learn from the children, right? (laughs) Actually, for sure. For sure. They, they are so much more in touch, right? They're not so right. busy. Yeah. Right. We definitely need to laugh like them. <laughs> and play. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they. I do believe one of my mom, acupuncturists, was his daughter, I think, was helping it with people who were having issues with fertility to kind of move that. If it's not just them being stressed about it. For so, yeah. sure. It actually, you know, I said before that usually it's pain that motivates people to come to acupuncture. Fertility is probably number two. <laughs> that very popular. And so pe- a lot of people are seeking acupuncture for fertility these days. There's people that just specialize in fertility. I think that's what she did. And then also like babies or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pre uh, and post birth. And then keep following the child because there's, you know, there really are with early 
herbs. They have really great formulas for any kind of imbalance you may present. You know, we all so different. Yeah. And the Chinese have mastered those. They know, you know, exactly which ones go where, you know, if you're herbalists or anything like that, you really have to study just pregnancy or women because if you just studied herbs, you'd be totally lost because an herb can be good for only pregnancy or only before or only after. Yeah. And, and it can like harm during other certain times. So you really need to be aware of, you know, when you're specifying an herb, you know, what is it being used for, you know, and, and if you've had study or, you know, or you need to like talk to a naturopath or something like that, they've been doing it years and years. Thank you so much for answering those questions. Ah, uh, thank, thank. Is acupuncture for any age? Yes, definitely, definitely. You know, the the babies actually. I've seen them getting treated. Mind you, it was for deaf mutism in China. I don't think a lot of people bring their children to acupuncture. I treated my my oldest daughter at age one for a torticollis, you know, when you get this wry neck. And she responded really well. But children actually depends, you know, some kids are very scared. Uh, but we have very, very thin needles. <laughs> and so, yeah, some children love it, actually. It's, it's always so satisfying to see when they, you know, they start loving acupuncture so early on because then, you know, they have that tool forever, right? It's, it's a great first tool to correct imbalances. It's a lovely, non-harmful way to approach the body. So when they love it at, you know, early age, awesome. They usually stay for it with it for, for a lifetime. So yeah, all ages from zero to 99. How's that? <laughs> when you get very, very old, acupuncture is a little tricky because, you know, they don't have a lot of chi anymore. So then you may want to do more with food. <laughs> because then the needle kind of just lays there without chi. And so you, I don't, I've treated very old, old people, but I don't know how much benefit they got because I don't see the chi in there, in the needle, you know, the needle needs to have some kind of response, but she kept on wanting me to go. So <laughs> individual, right? Experience. Is there a special technique to not feeling the needles? Is there a special technique? Well, I mean, doing it for many years helps to, do a good insertion you know initially we used to practice with oranges <laughs> you go with the needle and you when you learn initially you don't use i, I use a guiding tube because it's like a cheat, cheating way to bypass that uh, skin and the epidermis where it's very sensitive with nerve endings but in, initially we we learned with uh, oranges and you just kind of do it and do it and do it until you really don't feel you know hesitant because that's the the very top layer is the problem once you're in you can kind of maneuver the needle and and, and people don't are not sensitive but yeah the tube definitely helps a lot the insertion tubes that I use love and, that you used oranges yeah so I know so we did I remember doing a, a demo in my daughter's high school and and I gave everyone a, an orange and they loved it and in a few needles you know and they're like needling those oranges <laughs> so cute they were all into it and they're like oh i got it i got it because the needle is so thin it will bend so you have to use a little technique so it won't bend right so yeah they they loved oh, we had a lot of needled oranges and then you start you know start with the orange then you start yourself and then you do start those people <laughs> i have a question because you said you use you have thin needles and big needles and um, that reminded me that sometimes you guys let me keep these teeny teeny little needles in yes so it, it's almost like not even a, it doesn't even look like a needle it looks like a little stub like yes 
Yes. Yeah. Can you explain why you would use those and and keep them in? Sure. So those are tiny. They're very, 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 very small. And they are, uh, it's a Japanese technique. That's, you know, kind of the Japanese came up with. The Japanese are more dainty as they they approach the body. The Chinese tend to be a bit heavier handed with needling. And so this little technique is to bring whatever stagnation is to the surface again. So by having, let's say, if, if the point of pain is very specific, you know, you can kind of direct with the finger where the pain is, then is when it's indicated to use this technique because it will, it will kind of sort of release a bit of deep inflammation usually to the surface and then it's easy to get rid of. So I use those for that purpose in the body and then also for the ear because there is a whole other system of the ear, this polar auricular therapy in which the whole body is represented in the ear and you can needle the ear to release problems in the body. So in that system, the the lobule is the head and then it's like a fetus um, curled backwards. So, you know, sort of the inner organs are inside the concha and the outside, the limbs are on the outside of the ear. So I put needles in there to correct specific conditions to enhance whatever treatment I did. At times I find it necessary or to calm a person. There's a point zero that I like to use to reset, almost like a a reset of the computer. You know, you put point zero and then it's like the person gets to that baseline again. See, there's many techniques to be had in acupuncture and you can use one or you can use many or you can use, you know, one day use a few and other days... It, practitioners will prefer one or the other. You know, so there's some practitioners that love using the ear and that's all they use. So very practical. There's actually a protocol for drug addiction that was developed in New York, the NADA protocol. And in that one, you don't have to undress. You just sit in chairs for drug addicts and they get the ears needled and, and that's all they do. I want to know about your story. Wait, yeah. what story? How I got to occupy? Yes. Can you yes. tell us a little bit about your, you know, sure, your story sure. and how you got into this healing field? Of course. Yes, of course. Yes, as a clinician. Yes. I usually, I usually get that asked the first <laughs> It's like, oh, how did you get into acupuncture <laughs> by the patients? They're, you, you're curious because it's so, something so off, right? What, how did you get into it? And I'm from Spain and, and actually acupuncture was not known in Spain when I started in the 80s. I actually had my mother had a slip disc and could not walk. And she tried uh, for three months. She was in excruciating pain and tried everything, including an epidural to block the pain and and she still it was unbelievable i mean seriously and so eventually somebody said oh well we heard about this doctor in seville and and so out of desperation i took her there and that doctor uh, treated her one time and my mother was 95 percent better i mean she was it crawled like a worm into that into that room I, it was crazy to watch. And then she got up. It's one of those, like in the churches, you know, that like miracle. <laughs> and I was so impressed. I was 20 and it completely changed my life inside out. And I wanted to do magic. <laughs> it's like, whoa, magic. So I want to do that too. So that's when I actually left Spain and came to the US and particularly to Hawaii. And I found a little school and started, you know, this is 1981. And yeah, the journey hasn't stopped. It's interesting, because initially, I wasn't even sure it was going to be my lifelong, you know, career. But you know, it just 
the year after year after year. And here I am 40 years later. It was really impressive, you know, and he just used acupuncture. Very, very elegant. I mean, he just needled her. He used moxa and that's it. And my mother, 20 minutes into it, got up and walked erect <laughs> without crawling in the floor. I mean, it was impressive. Seriously. It was meant for me to see. That's amazing. Yeah, very Thank impressive. you for sharing. Of course. That is really crazy. And I, I love that. That's kind of what got me into herbs, you know, seeing my mom, you know, um, the herbs kind of like rechange her when she was going through pancreatic cancer. So hers was like her eyelashes. They used something and I was like, what the heck? Everybody's <laughs> like, when did your mom start wearing mascara again? I'm like, that's a herb that she used with her body that like, but also she just felt, you could see the total difference. Yeah. So from the acupuncture and the herbs, cause she was doing both. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. So yeah, I agree with you that things that you see are meant to, I think, be shown to you. So thanks for sharing. Of course. I know. I love that story. Yeah. It's, it's that it can be that dramatic. I've seen it. I mean, it's not every time, but I've seen amazing uh, changes dramatically not always does but it can it i've seen it happen like quite dramatic things almost like miracles but you know the body is a miracle on its own at times little tweaks you know if you practice yoga you know that like a little adjustment and boy do you you go so much deeper into the pose, right so the same with the body you know that like for example my mother little bit of correction that this man did with the needles in that session disengage a little bit of that pressure on the nerve that actually created this whole, you know, intense pain condition she was experiencing. And so a little bit. So yeah, that's, that's the body for you. It's always, don't give up on it. <laughs> always can, it, it will always try. It will always try to fix itself. Always. It's amazing. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for the, opportunity to explain acupuncture yes thank you so much for joining us and answering all of our beautiful questions it was interesting to learn more about i have one more okay (laughs) what is the most needles you have put in before Uh, you know i actually counted them it was in china I, i did an internship in china in 88 76 Oh, <laughs> it was a big show, wow. and the, the Chinese man kept on going more, more, <laughs> and uh, and so it was kind of a joke. So it was not really for treatment. I mean, it was he was a treat, getting treated, but it was a big joke, and everybody was laughing, and I kept on putting needles in. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the most I have counted. I mean, <laughs> you know the face. The face acupuncture, I can get quite a lot, but not 76, I don't think. But there, there's a lot of needles in the face too, because they're tiny, right? So like a little line of a wrinkle will get maybe six or seven, right? Of those little ones. Yeah, so it adds up. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. That's Thank nice. you so much, Nina, for joining Thank us. Thank you. Karen. Thank you. Thank you. Peyton, thank you, Caroline, and thank you, Christine. (laughs) Thank you, girls. Have a great rest of your evening. You too. Wonderful. Thanks, Karen.
Love our podcast and content? Want to help support us in creating more content? Check out our Patreon root membership, which gives you access to our Herbal Gaia Circle and early access and shout outs to our podcast. Find details on this monthly membership and other memberships at patreon.com slash herbal journey circle. Mahalo for tuning in and staying to the end of another Herbal Journey episode. For more herbal and holistic tips and stories to support you on your herbal journey to living a healthy and sustainable lifestyle, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Green Witch LLC. Stay tuned for our next episode on the wonderful world of mushrooms with our friend, the desert alchemist, Hernan Castro. Until next time, aloha and mahalo for listening.